0: I understand what that song means now. I gotta go back and listen to that song again. See, I ain't understand the song. We sing songs, don't even understand. I'm telling you, Zion is calling hit different when you actually move into a higher place. It hit different. We exalt the hit different when you actually exalt God. This is another one. Episode one forty six. 146. I am Forrest Hall. This is Real Church Matters, where we talk Real Church Matters because Real Church Matters. I hope you guys are doing well. I'm doing great. I can't complain, honestly. Uh, God is good. What's so awesome about Him being good is that I'm not good. So. We work as a perfect team. You know, you always got to have good people on your, your team. People that are better than you. People that have strengths where you have weaknesses. And the scriptures tell me that when I am weak, he is strong. And that my strength, his strength, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. And so we make a good team. Opposites attract in that way. So I'm going to continue being my weak old self and continue sticking with the God who continues to show himself strong in my life. As I said, I hope you guys are doing well. Thank you to everybody that listens. Thank you for everybody that shares it with people. Even if you share it with people who in turn do not listen, I appreciate you sharing it. Um, this is just a tool. is a tool to maximize and amplify the signal that is being transmitted not just to me but to all who believe trust and obey in God's word to all who accept his commission to preach the gospel the actual gospel the good news not the bad news not the news about everybody's business but the news about the father's business, so yeah, shout out to you guys. I appreciate it as always. If you want to share with people and not complicate it when you when they ask or you and bring up about the podcast, just tell them go to com. Tell them they can search it on their um, streaming platform that they use, whether it be Spotify or Apple. Uh, also, tell them it's obedience over audience. it is all day every day huh yeah so with that being said um we'll get into it episode 146 we're talking about hope for a tree there's hope for a tree I'll tell you this, um, this particular episode is dedicated to my dad, um, who turned 60 this week. And there is something that I always, since, uh, 2015, I, uh, went away for my birthday and just reflected and meditated. And one of the scriptures that I read did, well, it's special to me. And uh, so every birthday I post it and I sit and I read the whole chapter, but I, I pay close attention to Job chapter 14, verses 7 through 9. And maybe it's because it's talking about trees and my name is Forrest that I think is super cool. But today I dedicate it to my dad. So I'm going to read it. Verse 7 says, For there is hope for a tree. His name is Forrest, too. There is hope for a tree. If it be cut down, that it will sprout again and that its shoots or its branches will not cease. Eight, though it grow old, though its roots grow old in the earth and its stump dies in the soil. Verse nine says yet at the scent of water. Not even a a lot of water, but just at the scent of water, it will bud and put out branches like a young plant. And I always love the scripture because there are many times in my life where I was very aware, very attentive of my lack of branches. I was very aware of my roots growing old. I was very aware of my stump looking like it's dying in the soil. But man. When I got near some water. Man, I begin to bud and put out branches like a young plant. I don't feel like I'm getting older. I feel like I'm getting younger. I feel like. My life in the past few years has just begun. Because I got near some water And that's a powerful thing Is when you get near some water So that's what we want to talk about today Is that there's hope for a tree There's hope for you There's hope for me I'm so blessed and so grateful To watch my dad Relocate his roots And his branches Closer to the water And so today is Not just uh, dedicating that to him But I want to encourage you there's hope for you, but you got to move closer to the water. So let's look at this a little bit. Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 12 says, and on the banks on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their roots fail or their fruit fail. But they will bear fresh fruit every month because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. And that's the type of people where we should be. When we describe the church, we should look like trees that are all congregating near the water. When we describe the church, we should be describing trees that are all along the banks and along the sides of the rivers. And because of this, because of where they're located, I want you to ask yourself, where are you located? Where are you connected? Because where you're connected will show in your life, whether you're thriving, or whether you're dying. And we're not talking about money. We're not talking about success. We're not talking about houses. We're talking about fruit. We're talking about living. We're talking about the type of fruit that can't just be shown off. We're talking about the type of fruit that will be food for people. And your leaves will be healing. That's why these trees were so vital in that time. And that's why these metaphors uh, hit different to them. Because now you got somebody that kind of sources the things from trees and packages it up nice and neatly and provides it to you at a store. So sometimes you forget where these things are coming from. But we need trees. And I love that we are described as trees as Christians, because there's an understanding that we are just as vital to this environment. Without trees, we wouldn't have oxygen. There are a lot of people who don't understand how vital Christians are to this environment. I don't think you understand how vital you are. To the people in your life. How you are the source of oxygen for them. I know, I know we talk about this many times. There's a uh, anti-hero complex that people uh, preach because they don't like the. Weight, the responsibility of being seen as someone who is vital to someone's life. They barely can stomach the idea that this child that they have needs them in a vital way. When you talk to parents and they talk about how good a parent they are, they always talk about what they provide to their children as as it relates to clothing, as it relates to food, as it relates to shelter. These are things that the body needs, but are you providing to them what the spirit needs? That's what makes you a tree. See, there's hope for a tree. Any one of us today, you can get near some water and start producing again. You can get near some water and start coming back to life. You don't have to talk about or worry about what happened to you or what you didn't do or did do in the past. You can get near some water and your roots can come back to life. You ain't got to worry about what chopped down your tree or what hurt your tree or what defaced your tree or maimed your tree or ripped branches off your tree or messed up the fruit on your tree. Right now, you can get near some water. It's your proximity that is preventing you from receiving the promise of God. The promise of life and life more abundantly. It's your proximity. It's time to get closer to the water. The crazy thing about water, he said, even if you got a scent of it. The very scent of water. Can be life to you. It was to me for many years. I just was God adjacent. I was close enough to the water to get some ascent. But I'm telling you, once you get planted to the water yourself. Once you connect yourself to the water. You'll see exponential growth that you never saw before. I want you to look at this and remember what I'm saying that. Uh, the tree's purpose is for it to provide food to all and leaves for healing. So we need to be people's sustenance in their healing. People need to be able to engage with us and be fed. People need to be able to engage with us and be healed. We're talking about nourishment in their inner man. We're talking about healing in their inner man. I've met many a people who are caring people, who are empaths, who will do anything for you, who will tend for you, to you. I see it all the time, especially in women. I want you to know a reputation of being a nurturer is nice. But understanding that we're supposed to provide something greater to people has been a challenge to many of you. You don't know how to do it. Beyond the pleasantries and platitudes, beyond the money and gifts, you don't know how to be there for people. And when people don't allow you to to engage with them in this very secular and very surface way. You feel like you're not able to do. What God told you to, but you don't understand that's not what God told us to do. That's not what God told us to do. I realized that that's many of the issues that I see right now as we are apart from each other as a church body. See, people feel like there is no way for them to exercise the fruits of God because they have equated those fruits to physical things. But your very presence. Should be the sustenance people need and the healing people need. The tree doesn't dictate who eats it. And the tree does not dictate who gets what from it. The tree is just there and allows people to partake in it. And when they come to it, there should be something there for them to partake in. And yes, we're still talking about fruit. So we look at Matthew chapter 13 verse three through eight. And he says in verse three, and he told them many things in parables saying a sower went out to sow. And he talked about these, the, the various ways that the things are sowed and the environments they are sowed in. He says some seed fell on a path and the birds came and devoured it. He says other seeds fell on rocky ground and they, were, they, they, they didn't have much soil and they immediately sprang up. But since they had no depth of soil, when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. And this is so many people, and that's why I'm so grateful. Um, not just that my father is celebrating 60 years, but that he is not scorched. He has not been scorched by the sun. and He has not withered away. I've seen many 60 year olds look like 80 year olds. I've seen many sixty-year-olds ready to count themselves out and ready to throw in the towel, because this life, this environment that we're in—I want you to know—this world we're in is this. It's a hot sun that scorches us. He said, because the, they weren't deep in the roots and deep in the soil, and they they weren't connected to the water. When the sun rose, it scorched them. And since they had no roots, they withered away. So it says seven, other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew and choked them, and other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain. Some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. Where we are planted. And I want y'all to understand like what does it mean to be planted? We're saying where are you connected? Where are you engaging? Where are you involved? I love that word. Let's let's go with involved today. Where are you involved? What are you connected to? What are you involving yourself in? What are you entangled with? What are you deepening your connection to? This is what we're not teaching the young people. We're allowing them to engage in this culture and they grow roots in it and they engage in it. And we don't see where it's a problem. We like it's just good fun. But you don't understand because they are their roots are not connected to something with depth. Because their their roots are not engaging with the true water. It's not about what that thing does to them. It's what it doesn't protect them from. And so we are allowing our children to engage in cultures that when the sun rises they are scorched not just our children you are engaging in cultures and engaging in a world that does not protect you from the sun you are engaging in cultures and a world that seems fine until the situations arise and you realize you have not the protection they it prevents you from being scorched. You have not the protection that prevents you from withering away. And so we watch people just die. Slowly. Slowly. The same way you is, is, is impossible. It's, it's hard to just sit and watch grass grow. It's hard to realize it's dying. Then you turn around one day and it's dried out and it's yellow. You turn around one day and you see black fringes on rose petals. You see them lose their luster and their shine. You see them start to dry out. You see them start to fall. What was once soft and luscious petals are now like dried. And even at the simple touch, they break apart. And look at our lives. Even at the mere just engagement with hard times, we crumble. We wither away. We break. And then we wonder why. And I'm telling you. Why is because of your proximity to the water, you are not as close to God as you think you are. You're not as close to him as you need to be. You you still are at the place that you're trying to figure out how to read the word without getting sleepy. You're still at the place where you're not sure what to pray about. You're still at the place where you're debating whether you should go to church or not. You're still at the place where you're debating whether you should engage in this culture. Not the people, but the culture. You're still unsure about what level of engagement you should have with the elements of this world. And then you wonder why. When the sun starts to shine in your life, when the heat starts to rise, you can't take it. You become scorched. Have you ever seen something scorched? Have you ever been in the heat? It literally sucks the life out of you. It literally takes the very life out of you. I was out in the heat one time and I'm telling you, you can know it's hot. You can know you feel hot. You can know that this can't be good for you, but you can't really understand what it's doing to you until it's too late. I literally I was just in a tractor and I was just driving and I felt fine. I mean, other than the fact it's uncomfortably hot, I I still felt like, oh, man, it's just hot. Let me finish this. But all of a sudden, something washed over me. and I couldn't see straight and I couldn't breathe. And I couldn't get my balance. And I, I literally, I didn't even cut the tractor off. I just hopped off of it. And fell to the ground. Thank God that somebody came and saw that the tractor was running and this black smoke was coming out of it. But there was nobody on it. They ran to me. They gave me water. He said, don't drink it all. Don't drink it fast. Just sip it. Just sip it. And he sat me up. And he saved my life. This was this is not a metaphor. This really happened, but it is a metaphor for what God does to us when we give him the opportunity, when we draw not Him, You're not drawing to him just to ask him for anything. You're drawing to him to ask for water. Do you know what water is? Water is representative of so many things. But let me tell you the first thing, if you're taking notes and my nephew knows, not only am I asking you to read, listen to this, but I'm asking you to write copious notes. And so after you're done looking up the word copious, make sure that your notes reflect that. Love you, Solomon. And so we have to realize what water is. One of the things that water is, is wisdom. Water is wisdom. Solomon could ask for anything. God said, whatever you ask, I'll give it to you. And he said, I want wisdom. He said, because I don't have the wisdom to tend to your people. He knew what he needed to tend to God's people. Do you know what you need to tend to your household? We don't need you don't need your opinion. You don't need your understanding. You don't even need your experience. You need God's wisdom. You don't need your emotion. I see lapses in parenting because people don't don't have wisdom. They have intellect. They surmise from years of observing people surmised from years of experiences And emotions and ideologies and cultures that have cultivated those things. But they don't have wisdom. And so the nuances of people are being missed. The nuances of childhood and teenage and preteens is being missed. There's no nuance. There's no subtlety. There's no wisdom to deal in these matters. Marriage it needs wisdom. Parenthood needs wisdom. Businesses, you need wisdom. You need wisdom. He saw Solomon said, I, I can't. I need wisdom to tend to your people. He understood. I don't want the wisdom just for anything. I want it because I don't want to mess up what you gave me. I don't want to mess up what you've put in my stead and in my hands. I know God gave me a business. I know he created this provision for me. I'm grateful for it. But the way I show my gratefulness is that I ask him for his wisdom to tend to what he gave me. I know he gave me my family, my siblings, my mother, my father, my nieces, my nephews. These are all things I did not choose. Even when they chose people to make babies with, I didn't choose those people they chose or the children they created. These are all things that have been given to me. And I look at all the things that have been given to me. So I don't even ask for things on my birthday. I don't need anything from anybody. Because of all that God gave me. I focus on what God gave me. When people give me things, I still I just look and say to God be the glory for moving on their heart. But if nobody gave me anything, I already can look at all the things God gave me. God gave me things that are sustainable you gave you might have gave me something 5 birthdays ago i promise you i i don't still use it it does it's not around it doesn't exist i don't care what you bought me it's has a limited shelf life in my life i don't care what i bought you it has a limited shelf life in your life only what we do for christ and what we get from christ will last i know only one part of that is in that particular scripture but Understanding that everything that God gives is forever. And I'm so grateful for the things he's given, even him giving me the father that I have and the mother that I have. I want wisdom as to how to tend to them and deal with them and take care of them and help them. That takes wisdom. That takes wisdom. What do you get a man that has everything? That's what I thought to myself. And I I realized that The best thing I can give him is fruit from my tree and leaves for healing. Once I realized that. The other thing I realized is that. All the other things in life don't really matter. And are mere trappings. And it it takes the pressure off. Now I just buy people gifts like, here you go. Here's something. The true gift that I give. is every single day. Making sure there's something precious. In my life. You can always come and get And whatever that thing is It will last in eternity Hope you're getting something from this Let's go to Proverbs 11.28 Proverbs 11.28 says Whoever trusts in his riches Will fall I put this scripture in here Because it's important That we understand What in the world Matters right now in a world that nobody really truly understands what's going on. He says, Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. See, you got to understand something. He's saying the obedient. So I want you to know what does it mean to draw to the water? Means to be obedient. I'm as close to God as I am obedient to Him. Please make that note, write it down somewhere. I am as close to God as I am obedient to Him. Obedience defines my proximity. How far are you from God? Ask yourself how obedient you are to him. If you're not very obedient to his word. Then you're not very close to him. But those who are obedient. Are close and therefore you will flourish. Like a green leaf. You will thrive. Not because you trusted in money. Not because you sought money. In the in the economic times that we're in, I'm realizing that rolling up my sleeves and trying to quote unquote get to the bag, quote unquote, try to make as much money as I can is not as important as being as obedient as I can. The path to flourish is not the same as the path to riches. I got to say that again. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. See, the path to flourishing. Like a green leaf. It's not the same path. As the path to riches. Some people think it's the same. You see people with a ton of green money. But no green leaves. This is a blessing because even as a young man and seeing all the things my parents had to deal with and struggle with having children very young. um, My mom, and my dad had their first child when they were teenagers, they had me when they were twenty one. To finish it all, they had my last sibling when they were twenty nine. So they had seven kids before 30. And I look at this and I'm like, man, they set themselves up for a hard life. And it was hard in one sense. It was hard in the sense that money creates access. And sometimes we realize that the lack of money means that we are not afforded or... Certain things are not accessible to us. And so there is that part of it. But what does that access matter? Money prevents access to a lot of things, but it does not prevent access. The lack of money does not prevent access to God. <sighs> I got to say that again. I hate repeating things, but it's important for you to understand money is important to access certain things on earth. But money is never going to prevent you access or the lack of money will not prevent you access to God. And so while our family may not have had riches. We did flourish. We flourished through a woman's obedience. Her obedience to become a tree that is planted by the water turned her into a tree that provided fruit to her spouse and her children and healing from her leaves. And now I sit here today because of that tree. My dad is at 60 years old and is growing in faith because of that tree. That treaty didn't look at what was around her and say people aren't deserving of all that I'm trying to do. Somebody has to do it first. I don't I don't know why it's it's a race to people like like it's a it's an indictment of them. Somebody gotta be first. I'ma tell you, my mama was first in our family. The trouble is not who's first, but who's last. Who's last? My mother was first to come into the knowledge of of this great mystery and this great secret and truth. That If I obey God, I am connected to him and my connection to him is like a tree planted by water and I become a better tree because of it. And I become of a service to others to help them grow and be better. I wasn't the first, but I'm not going to be the last. I'm Not going to be the last. There's so many. I, I'm, I'm spending a great deal of time talking to my nephew. There's people in your lives that need your fruit and your leaves. These young people, they don't need the luxury of choosing either. Adults, I, my tree is available. They can walk up, they take if they desire, if they don't, so be it. But the kids, they need to know this is where their sustenance is, and we have to, at times, force feed them and create a diet by which they'll be accustomed to. There's kids, they love Brussels sprouts. That's what their parents fed them. Everything is out of nature because Nature involves nurture. That's why the battle of nature and nurture is a a rather moot one, because everything in nature was cultivated. The Bible says in Genesis 1 and 8 or 3 and 8, 2 and 8, one of those eights in the first three chapters, he said that he planted a garden and then placed Eve and Adam in there. Even God had to plant a garden, had to cultivate it, had to create it. We have to cultivate the environment by which we place children in so that they can eat the fruit thereof and grow. Green dollars don't cause me to flourish Green dollars don't make green leaves. Because money don't grow on trees. Isaiah 44, 1 through 4 says, But now hear, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. Verse 2 says, Thus says the Lord who made you, who formed you from the womb and will help you. He says, Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun. Whom I have chosen. See, when God chooses us, he didn't choose you to be on Instagram. Be a biblical social media star with cool branding. And that's why, for those of you who don't know, I've struggled very much with my engagement with Instagram, even through the Real Church Matters moniker. And though I do want to amplify the signal, I know that. In amplifying the signal, I cannot pervert the signal. See, sometimes you can turn something up so loud it causes distortion. Oh, man. That's for another time. I got to pocket that one. Verse 2 says, The he, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. Verse 3 says, For I will pour water on the thirsty land. He's chosen us. Chosen us for what? To pour water on. What is water? What is water? And streams on the dry ground. Please tell us what this water is. I want to know if it's being poured on me. He does it. Check the semicolon. He says, I will pour my spirit upon your offspring. And my blessing on your descendants. When God blesses us, he really is just pouring his spirit on us. And his spirit is his very word. This dynamic word, that brings things to life. Your engagement with the Bible is going to be different when he pours his spirit on you. It will be more than just ink on paper. It will now be a spiritual dwelling of words that are etched in your heart and that you live by and that cry out in your hardest times, in your saddest times, in your darkest times. It's hard for me to stay down because that, that voice is so loud. Where there once was a voice that was loud to tell me to lay down, there's now a voice that's loud telling me to get up. It doesn't leave me alone. It is literally the fire that is shut up in my bones and I'm not trying to rhyme. And I noticed that I am. This is what he wants to do. This is what he chosen us for. He's chosen us to cultivate us, to plant us, to raise us up, to be these trees filled with fruit for his people and leaves for their healing. Verse four says, They shall spring up among the grass like willows by flowing streams. It's beautiful. Spring up. I don't care if you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. I don't care if you played church as long as I have. It's time to get near the water and time to spring up. Come alive. My agenda on earth is not to make my name great or to create children or a legacy of my name. My mission is to make God's name great in the small sliver of eternity that I am engaged in on this earth. See, eternity is forever. And I love I was watching a trailer for a a movie that's coming out and he said, We don't move through time. Time moves through us. And how it leaves us. Will never be the same. And honestly, you guys got to understand, like we, we wish that time revolved around us, but we revolve around time. This this thing that can't even be calculated through clocks, digital or analog or otherwise. You can't surmise time with a big hand and a little hand. In 12 numbers. Time is this huge thing that literally just washes through us. We come, we go. We stay in this form for a limited time. And then we become something else for eternity. While I'm here, just like that grass that grows in your front yard and then all of a sudden the guy comes to cut it and he cuts it down and and that particular grass is no more. But that which it came from is forever. I understand that I'm here for a moment and then I'm no more. But while I'm here, I'm to provide fruit for the hungry and leaves for their healing and you are too. And there's hope for this tree. There's hope for you. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse seven through eight says in verse seven, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. I, I, I'm sharing with you three distinct understandings of what water is. Water. Number one is wisdom. And by definition of scripture and by, uh, Understanding of who God is, water is also spirit. And thirdly, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Water is God And when I trust in him Then I'm close to him And When I'm close to him I'm going to flourish Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord And whose trust is the Lord Two distinctive things Understanding that Trusting in something influences my decisions. Saying my trust is the Lord is saying who I trust in. Eight. For that person who trusts in the Lord, verse eight tells us he is like a tree. Planted by water. that sends out roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought. For it does not cease to bear fruit. Doesn't cease. So as we close out, I want you to understand that trusting in God, which is also obeying his word. Same as we said before. Trust and obedience creates proximity. And the proof of my proximity is that I'm either scorched and withered or I'm like a tree planted by the water. that does not fear when heat comes. Remember that sun we was talking about? I don't fear that no more. When I wake up, I used to be so afraid, so anxious, so overwhelmed. So in panic about engaging in this world that I knew the dangers of, but didn't know how to protect myself from it. Your SPF is obedience. You can't just be out in this world unprotected. You need water, His Spirit all over me through obedience. His spirit all over me through trust, his wisdom all over me through obedience and trust. So I don't fear the sun anymore. I don't fear what it can do to me. It can't scorch me no more. It can't. I feel it. Oh, my goodness. I feel the sun. I feel its effects. I see its effects on people, but I am not affected anymore, and I don't have to fear it. I will not be scorched. For its leaves remain green. I don't see people engaging in this world and staying green. I talk to many Christians who are constantly wavering in their faith, constantly wavering in their joy, in their patience, in their kindness, their meekness, in their long suffering, in their temperance. They waver. They vacillate. They have different and varying degrees of obedience. They are not consistent. Because they are not persistent and drawing not of God. Scripture tells us he will keep you perfect peace if you keep your mind. He said that I, I insist I will give you something if you can match what I give with persistence. if you keep your mind stayed on me. people get mad because you don't want to have conversations about them. You only want to have conversations about God. People get mad when you don't understand them, when you're trying to teach them to understand God. Because you understand where their peace can come from. I'm telling you. Y'all don't understand the pigs in your life. You got to know who the swine are and don't cast no pearls with them. You can't waste your pearls with them because they belong to somebody else. They belong to these young people. Who are desiring. I'm sharing things with adults and they like, I disagree. I ain't got time for it. Who cares if you disagree? Somebody doesn't. Somebody actually agrees. Somebody hungry. Somebody so sick, they need healing and they'll take it from wherever. And God placed you in their life so you they can have and partake in your leaves. That's who I'm about. I had a brother hang up on me. I'm trying to talk to him to get him to life, to get him to the fruit. He hung up on me. Shout out to you, brother. And is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. I look at it all around me, y'all got to understand something. A drought in my business is not the same as the drought that's really going on. This pandemic is only revealing that there's a true drought. There's a lack of God's spirit in people. Remember, we said what the water is. I'm not going to be anxious in the time of absence of God in this world. I'm not going to be anxious in the time of absence of wisdom in this world. I got it. And I will not cease to bear fruit. I love the word of God. I love what it does to my life. I love how it's changed me. And it's only changed me for the better. It's produced a fruit. It's grown my branches. It's made me like a young plant. I don't feel my age. I don't feel my age because I'm transitioning. When we live eternally, we're no longer bound by age, even on this earth. Because we're not living on that timetable no more. People say you only live once. No, for the believer, we live forever. That cannot be quantified in number. It's not one time, it's not two times, it's not three times, it's for all time. Invest in eternity, invest in yourself, obey God, get closer to the water. Once again, happy birthday to my dad. 60 years old, there's hope for a tree is hope for you and me. Episode 146, Hope for a Tree. I'm Forrest Hall, it's Real Church Matters. God bless.